We've come now to Colossians 2, 4, and 5, and I think we'll just spend one session on this. I say this, and we'll go back and look at that in just a minute, what the this is. I say this in order that no one may delude you or deceive you with plausible arguments. And we're going to see some of those seemingly plausible arguments in the verses to come in chapter 2 as the false teachers are exposed by Paul's uh, description of their error. So he regards what has gone before as an antibody, to use a disease analogy, an antibody of deception or delusion. And what is that? Let's go back and review. Remember, Paul said he wanted them to know that he had a great struggle for them, meaning, I love you. I'm struggling for you, praying for you. I'm on your side. I'm trying to figure out a way to help you. And he wants, therefore, their hearts to be encouraged by the fact that he's struggling for them. And he wants them to know that he and they are knit together in love. And this encouraged harmony of love between Paul and the Colossians and the Colossians with each other produces or opens them to an understanding or a knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. And when they have this knowledge of Christ, they have treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are in Christ. And when they have these objective treasures of wisdom and knowledge, this understanding, this knowledge, then they are given assurance through it, and the assurance produces these riches. So objective riches here provide subjective riches of assurance here. And therefore, they are well attended to (laughs) in the disease analogy with antibodies against delusion. If you have a treasury in front of you, you are not going to be easily swayed away from it if you regard it as real treasure. And remember Colossians 1.27, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that mystery, which in uh, 2, verse 2, that mystery here is called Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But here in 127, this mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory, which means that this assurance here in verse 2 is the assurance of hope, the assurance of glory, and therefore you can see what kind of riches are really implied in this knowledge and this assurance. So if you have that kind of antibody, if you don't just have um, sterile facts, but you have truth, knowledge, and wisdom that is more valuable than billions of dollars because it secures your place in everlasting glory, then you are well uh, protected against delusion from plausible arguments. That's the idea of 
I say this in order that no one may delude you. And now, because, and he gives an added reason for why they should be free from delusion through plausible argument, because though I'm absent in body, I'm with you in spirit. Now, let let that sink in. Suppose you get two options. A very great person that you respect is in your presence. And yet, in your presence, he disagrees with everything you hold dear, and he doesn't even like you. That's one situation. Or another situation is you've got this great person that you respect and love. He's not present in your midst, but he writes you a letter. He's hundreds of miles away, and he says, I'm with you. I love you. I'm supporting you. I see God at work in you. That kind of presence is more valuable than the physical presence. So Paul wants to remind them, yes, I'm not with you in body, but oh, how present I am with you in spirit. I am rejoicing among you, as it were. I am seeing among you. He's probably gotten reports about how things are going. I am seeing among you good order and firmness of your faith. And so my joy in your good order and my joy in your firmness of faith is very great. And you should take heart not to be deluded by false teachers because the one whom you learn to trust as an apostle is among you rejoicing and seeing the good. Let me just make a connection here between this this good order, which I think ties in with this knit together in love. So the Colossians and Paul are knit together in love. And when love binds something together, it is organic. It's not in chaos. It's not a big tangle with everything working against itself. Love makes things work, which is what this good order refers to. And this firmness of your faith reminds us of what Paul said about faith in Colossians 1, 22 and 23. He has reconciled you in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him if, so reconciled and ready to present, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable, steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. Those are the realities summed up here in the words firmness. So Paul has said, you got to have faith that lasts to the end, not shifting away from the hope of the gospel. So when he sees it in their lives, you are holding firm in your faith. Oh, how he rejoices, because that very firmness is the proof that they are reconciled to God and they're going to make it home to glory. So Paul has good reason to rejoice when he sees their good order of love 
and their firmness of faith so that now, because of this four here, they have an added reason not to be deluded, but rather to be protected, as it were, by this antibody of truth and love in Paul, not to go after plausible arguments.